going on, man? Not too much. How are you? It's been a, a long couple of days for me, like a, a long, exciting, but, but tiring couple of days. <laughs> well, we've been going back and forth a lot via text and had some calls as well. But uh, this, uh, this is a quick episode to get your reactions on the first, uh, what, first half or first couple of days of GDC? Yeah. So yeah. Uh, let's jump in. Thank you guys for tuning in. I guess I didn't really start the episode the way we normally do, but uh, this is Zane from Everything Vive. I'm with Ronnie. Ronnie, how you doing? Yeah, and doing well, like I said. <laughs> don't don't want to don't wanna repeat myself too much. I know no. I, I, I tend to start these episodes the same way every time anyways, but, you know. No, yeah. to- totally fair. That was that was my bad. Okay, so let's let's change it up and and uh, and jump right in. So, uh, what would you say? I, I know there are a couple things that we're gonna go through, but let's yeah. just look at a high level from a complete newbie like myself. And actually, this is this was your first time going yeah. to a major conference like this. Uh, was there anything that so far has really just like stuck out to you? Have you been like overwhelmed? Uh, is it, has it been easy to navigate? You know, I'm just curious, like, what has your experience been so far the first yeah. time going to a major conference like this? Well, well, I mean, as far as, uh, like, you know, I feel like most of the feeling of, of being overwhelmed just had to do with, you know, trying to schedule as much, uh, coming into the show as possible. Uh, obviously like, you know, there's, there's a lot going on at GDC itself, but then there's also a lot of developers here that are showing, uh, games kind of behind closed doors. And, and, you know, having, you know, being able to kind of get all that stuff set up in advance and then knowing that you're, you're here to not only try to see as much at the show as you can, but then uh, meet with everybody and kind of have everything planned. It's just like, you know, it's a lot to prepare for, right? And, and mm-hmm. I can only imagine what it's like for, for a lot of the, the developers here because, um, you know, they're, they're meeting with, with countless numbers of people you know, sometimes, you know, hour by hour in the day. So um, it can, it can be long in that, in that way. But so, yeah, so I just did, uh, you know, quite a bit of prep to make sure I had, um, you know, a lot of, a lot of cool people to meet and, 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 and interviews to do while I was here and had as much of that lined up in advance as possible. And then uh, came here and, uh, you know, got, you know, finished the registration process and everything, picked up my badge. And then it was off to the races. So all that, all that stuff was, was fairly, you know, easy. Um, I know like as far as lines and all that stuff was concerned, um, you know, there, there are tons of people at this conference. So depending on, on when you come to register, like if, if anybody out there is listening that hasn't been uh, to GDC or the, or, or similar conferences, um, you know, plan accordingly and kind of try to decide when you want to, you know, go and take care of that. Like here at GDC, if you were able to, you could you could even come uh, on Sunday before the conference officially started on Monday and, and get some of that stuff taken care of. But mm-hmm. um, but yeah, as as far as, as as far as for us, you know, I yeah, it wasn't a problem. Got you know, got everything taken care of, and then cool, uh, cool. as as you'd hope, you know, yeah, there, there shouldn't be. Any major issues? But. Oh no, no, and 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 I mean everybody. I mean they. Yeah, you can't. You almost can't. Uh, like you know, venture out of a major area at the conference center, uh, without running into several people that are working for for the mm-hmm. for either the center or the conference directly. And everybody is really helpful, and they all know 
uh, you know, most of the major places that they need to direct you to and all that. Gotcha. Well, so, let's, let's, let's get into like the content now. Like, so you've yeah. been for two days, I know that these two days specifically were VRDC, although you have a lot of cool stuff that you'll be checking out, uh, with some of the companies over the next couple of days. But, uh, I mean, what have you mainly hit? Has it been yeah, uh, panels, so, sessions, uh, are, yeah. are you checking out game demos? I'm just curious, like what your day to day has kind of looked like. And I'm sure it's very wide ranging, but maybe if you can like condense it down for the listeners. Yeah, no, that's, that's what I'm kind of, I, I've been taking notes on all the sessions I've been to and, and I, I'll have to find out after, after the show's over. Cause I want to say most of the sessions are publicly available, uh, streaming, or at least some of them are. Cause I know in the past I've kind of watched, you know, some of those sessions from GDC, even though I wasn't mm-hmm. uh, uh, attending. So for those interested, I mean, you might want to try uh, looking up some of these sessions that I'm going to mention, but um, yeah, like, I mean, basically my time has been here has been spent uh, going to sessions and then in between sessions, trying to either see folks that have booths set up and, and there are limited numbers of booths right now, but I'll get into that in a second. So either, either, you know, try to find a booth or, or somebody that's showing something off and, and, and see if I can, if I can, uh, you know, try some stuff that way. Or then, you know, on the flip side, if I have something actually scheduled, I, I leave the sessions and, you know, prep and then go and, and talk to the, talk to the people that I've, that I've set up the schedule with. So as far as the sessions are concerned, uh, I mean, every day so far, the sessions have pretty much been going on constantly from 10 a.m. or so up until about 6 p.m. And uh, the first two days uh, are, are pretty much all uh, focused on, on uh, virtual reality and, and, and AR as well. Um, mm-hmm. And then there are other kind of tech, more possibly technical, I guess, routes. Some of these sessions are also very technical, but um, they're, I, I want to say there's like, you know, like kind of a unity uh, track that people can can uh, attend sessions on. And I think there was like a Microsoft one and a Google one. Like there's, there's kind of various different uh, types of sessions that are being available depending on why you're here and what you're trying to learn. Um, most of, you know, this is the game developers conference. So it really isn't, you know, it's not open to the public. It's not really any kind of a promotional or marketing type of a conference. So it is all about trying to, to, to teach people, you know, you know, people that are working on games, trying to. Yeah. yeah. It's more, it's more like technical focused, right? Yeah, exactly. It's like, it's all about collaboration and trying to, uh, you know, inform uh, the rest of, of, of their set of peers, kind of what, what they've been up to and what's going on. Uh, with the kind of work that they're doing and, and, and discuss different kinds of topics that are just more general. So, so, so for someone like, I mean, you're obviously more technical than I am, but yeah. I would say that both of us don't really fall under the quote no. unquote, like technical blanket in terms of developing and understanding no. like VR from that aspect. I, have you still gotten a lot of benefit from those panels? Oh, Is it for sure? Cause, cause you have to remember, I mean, games aren't all about just coding. So mm-hmm. true, true. I, I'd say there's like a mix of, um, I mean, there's definitely a lot of sessions that are more technical in that, in that regard. Um, but there's a lot of sessions that have talked about more general design challenges, narrative challenges, all these kind of things in particular relating to VR and, and also, you know, people just talking about 
you know, what it was like working on, on X game that they developed and, and all that sort of thing. So, so yeah, no, I've, I, in most of the, the, the sessions that I've kind of chosen to go to are ones that, oh, okay. I, this seems like it would be very interesting to me. And then, and then I go, I go that way. Um, gotcha. Have you, have you come across anything that is just like focused on like the future of VR from like a bird's eye view that really like caught your eye or I'm just curious, like if you learned anything there about like VR, the industry, uh, yeah, like, yeah. I feel like, I'm sure you've heard like a bunch of stuff, but I'm wondering if there's anything that kind of stands out that you were like, Hmm, didn't really think about it that way. Or wow. I did not realize like such and such was, was here already. Or like the, you know, tech was this close to being finished or finalized type of thing. Yeah, no, I mean, in regards to, like, future tech, probably not. I mean, there were some announcements, but I, I wasn't I wasn't in those particular sessions, um, but I could have been. Uh, there were some sessions that just kind of generally um, covered kind of new advances in, like, GPU technology. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, real-time ray tracing was something that NVIDIA and then later AMD, I think, uh, both kind of talked about. Um, so that those were kind of new things that... that we're coming out of some of these talks. Um, but like, as far as like, yeah, what n- new tech in VR specifically, I, not so much. I like, I think still uh, like one of the things I, I guess a major takeaway um, as far as the, like something that, that I kind of took away from a lot of the sessions was just how important design work is and, and creativity is and, and all of that side on the software side of things uh, to, to solving a lot of the VR problems. So, mm-hmm. I mean, we, we all obviously know that the, the headsets could be higher resolution and, you know, stuff like inside out tracking could be better. And, and certainly all of the, the major players, the VR hardware side of things are, are working diligently on a lot of that. I mean, that's, that's on its way, which is, I think the exciting part, right? Like yeah. a lot of that stuff, we know it's just a matter of time for the tech to mature enough and yeah. for, you know, whatever the case is. And I'm, I know I'm, sp- I, I'm speaking completely ignorantly about the topic since I'm not like, I, I don't know the technical side, but just knowing technology and how rapidly it evolves. Like, I mean, if people are talking about that already, it's only a matter of time before it's like at scale and in, you know, the home consumer version. So, sure. and, and, and like you said, to your point, like a lot of, uh, we already know that a lot of these, these major players are working on it. So I was just curious if, if you'd come across anything that kind of like blew you away while you were there. Yeah, no, I mean, I mean, the, the, the big takeaways, I would say like the, a lot of the focus on, on kind of, you know, on, on further developing VR has to do with, I think kind of resetting your mind as far as if you're a developer that is, has, has approached, you know, game development from a more traditional sense and now we're working in VR or like, like VR is kind of new to everyone, including the people that are developing the VR titles that we have played and loved. Right. Yeah. So so like they're like these kind of problems that are unique to VR, they're, they're new problems that they're, that, that these developers are running into as well. So so it's kind of like sometimes you have to kind of step back and kind of start from square one, even though, you know, even though you may have worked on games in the past, um, kind of keeping an open mind, trying things that is sometimes like, you know, methods that have been used 
previously will work. Other times they won't. And it's kind of one of those, there's so much trial and error and so much work, I think, being done on behalf of all of these different developers that are being represented here to like figure out what's best for VR. And, and, and those are some of the most interesting um, topics I'd say. Gotcha. Uh, Okay. Yeah. And uh, I mean, one, one, one in particular that kind of left a, uh, a strong impression on me earlier today was was uh, was a, a session that I attended on today. It's Tuesday uh, for for anyone. oh yeah, good, good call, good call. Tuesday, T- Tuesday, March what is twentieth? Twentieth. Yeah. Uh, for anybody kind of listening to this after the fact and interested in you know if if any of these are uh, end up being posted, I'd recommend trying to to go and listen to the talk that was given by. Uh, by a couple of gentlemen from Criteria, Criterion, uh, they were they were the one they were some of the the team members behind. Uh, it was it's called uh, off the top of my head. I want it. It was free DLC that was released with Battlefront Two. Uh, it was called Rogue One X Wing VR Mission, I believe. It, it was unfortunately it was only released on the PlayStation uh VR it, it hasn't been released on other platforms yet um but uh you know the talk they gave today was very very inspiring because they talked from beginning to end about kind of how important it was to uh design VR around around the emotions or feelings that you get from the experience rather than just like you know, more technical milestones that you might think are being targeted. So like throughout their development of, of this, I mean, they were, they were basically trying to, to make an experience where you could, you could live out your fantasy of, <laughs> of, of, yeah. of, of being in an X-Wing and, you know, basically being in a Star Wars movie that, that you have been watching for decades. True, true, yeah. And so, and so they the way they approached that problem and they even like during their dailies, they would, they would go back to this board and like all of their goals in, and in, in getting further along in the project were all set on like, how is the work that I'm doing as a developer um, going to allow us to create this emotional like beat within the story and within the, the, you know, so that the players are, are, are experiencing and feeling what we want them to feel. So like, like what, what is it about, about that, you know, about, about, uh, you know, using the targeting computer, uh, you know, in, in, in the original Star Wars that like, what, what is it that's cool about that moment and how can we make, uh, someone experiencing that in VR actually feel like they're there? Um, all those kind of things. Gotcha. And it was just, it was really, really interesting to hear about, about the, their approach to that. Um, also another funny example, like fascinating example really um, that they gave was like in, in problem solving and kind of um, a, a unique, a unique way of looking at some of the, 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 the problems that, that developers face in VR with comfort, for example, was uh, how they dealt with issues relating to a flyover of, of a star destroyer. So, so everybody that like is familiar with star Wars is undoubtedly like familiar with that initial opening scene on the first star Wars movie where, you know, you see this little ship 
And then all of a sudden that ship is completely dwarfed in the shadow of this massive Imperial Star Destroyer, right? And it flies overhead and it continues to fly and fly and fly. And you, you're just like, wow, this is like, that scene has such scale and yeah, an immense, you know, it's, it's a very powerful moment, right? Mm-hmm. So when they, when they were developing, uh, you know, this, uh, this VR experience, uh, they wanted to, to bring that to life. They wanted you to actually live out that feeling of, of being dwarfed by a star destroyer overhead. Wow. Instead of just like seeing it on a screen, you're there. Yeah, exactly. So like, and so some of, some of the challenges that they were talking about, like number one, like it's pretty easy on screen to like, you know, exactly where the camera is, where the, where the viewer is going to be looking at it from. So you don't have to worry about them, like looking all around and all of that. You can pass it overhead. So wait, so how do we, how do we, uh, like in VR, where someone can be looking anywhere, how do we surprise them with this Star Destroyer coming out of nowhere and like engulfing their vision and all that stuff? And the, so they have to use a lot of misdirects. They have to like kind of trick the player into making sure that they're looking forward and focused on something so that at the perfect time, they can introduce that into the scene and they can, in a sense, without actually controlling you, kind of control you into doing what they want you to do to what they want you to experience yeah, yeah. which then, which now you just ruined the surprise for everyone thanks ronnie i know <laughs> but like, no that sounds really cool actually yeah and, and then and then and then so so they they were able to get some of that stuff right like they were able to get you to look in the right place so that this you were surprised by this huge thing that otherwise if you were you know looking behind you or whatever like you wouldn't be getting that angle you wouldn't be getting that that same that same feeling right but after Mm -hmm. they did that one of the things that that they started realizing was that people were getting super disoriented because um because this huge object above you was moving they would they would actually feel like like the object wasn't moving they were moving because like like you've experienced this kind of sometimes when when there's too much movement in VR or like you get that weird feeling of motion sickness yeah. because like the environment around you is doing something different than you are. Mm-hmm. So they started noticing like people, people felt like people were getting confused. They sometimes felt like they were the ones moving rather than the ship going over them. Or sometimes they would look up at the, sh- at, at the star destroyer coming and that would cause them to steer into the star destroyer and, and immediately blow up <laughs> like all these kind of things yeah, yeah. That, that, and, 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 and you would think that the answer to those problems was more technical in nature. Like, Oh, we need to, you know, adjust player movement or we need to do this or we need to do that. And literally what they ended up after lots of testing, what they found to be the most effective way and solved all the problems with, with those issues is literally giving the player context. So instead of, they didn't have to change anything, literally all they had to do was was uh, tell the player, like, you're stuck in a tractor beam. Like, oh, oh no, like, we're stuck in a tractor beam. We can't move. Gotcha. And as, and as soon as they told you that, without changing anything about the encounter, no one, no, no one felt like they were the ones moving anymore. They always immediately could tell that the 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 star destroyer was the thing that was moving and they they no longer felt sick they no longer and and so that that actually leads to like a major 
I guess, theme that, that they were, was anticipation. Like in yeah. terms of, in terms well, of prepare, preparing you like your, your mental perspective or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Right? And, and, and in VR in general, anticipation has a lot to do with how comfortable and how, how, how well experiences tend to work because by preparing the, the player in a lot of ways, even if it's just like literally telling you something, mm-hmm. all of a sudden that what, what happens on screen no longer has any kind of a disorienting effect on you. So like there was like a lot of these kind of like little weird things that they learned along the way. And it was just, yeah, it was a really cool talk. So, I mean, there were a lot of other cool talks too, but that was one that I listened to stood out of it. Cool. Cool. Well, I mean, this, this was just meant to be like a quick debrief. Cause I know, uh, I know you're a little pressed for time, but I yeah, think yeah. there was one, one thing that you had mentioned beforehand that the, a game or an experience that you got to try that you wanted to chat about while it was still fresh in your mind. Yeah, yeah, actually, uh, yeah. So, um, you know, I've I've been meeting with a lot of developers, like I like I mentioned. One of one of the teams that I met with today uh, were, were the were the folks over at uh, Third Eye Studios, and they're a, they're a VR developer that's based out of Finland, and they were here, uh, you know, behind closed doors showing off uh, Downward Spiral Horror Station, which is. A game that you know, I I don't believe they have an announcement as far as like when it's going to be uh, released, the where the when the full version of the game is going to be released. Mm-hmm. But but there is a prologue that they released a year ago that everyone should definitely check out if you haven't already. Um, that's available on Steam. Um, but yeah, I I they gave me the opportunity to sit down and really try a, a small portion of 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 Horus Station today and then i i did get a chance to to do an interview with them unfortunately it didn't record so <laughs> yeah I we're, know. Gonna, we're gonna set up a time where we're able to to meet back up with them um and talk about about the game because the their story the story behind their studios is actually really really fascinating it's not your typical run-of-the-mill uh story when it comes to to vr developers so i want to save that for another day no i want i want to be in that that conversation because i was jealous you were talking about how awesome it was so i want to be there yeah. for the next conversation no it was super super cool so so that's what so we will we will get it be in touch with them um they're they're, they're awesome guys and in general uh you know the, the work that their studio is doing is, is really incredible because I, I i really had a blast playing downward spiral horror station today um like i i guess i guess some of the main kind of takeaways of my experience um it the best way to describe the game is kind of like a mix between it. It, it harkens back to kind of classic uh, sci-fi thrillers, ho- sci-fi horror thrillers. Maybe I would, I would say um, like, like, like 2001, a space odyssey mm-hmm. uh, references to like alien Prometheus, uh, those types of movies. Um, and, and it even kind of connects. It, it has references to more, to more modern uh, space films like gravity, for example. Um, you're in a low gravity, uh, a zero gravity, gravity environment. You're in a space station that is, is derelict. It's no longer functioning. And you don't really, there, nothing about the game kind of tells you the context outright. They don't want to use any kind of dialogue or kind of, you know, like unrealistic or un, unnatural ways of telling their story. They want you to be in the environment and to kind of figure things out on your own and just, by by way of uh, of 
of, of tone and feel and immersion in the environment, uh, you learn the story that way. And, and, and those are a lot of buzzwords that I know a lot of people are kind of throwing out here and there and all kinds of different VR experiences, but really downward spiral, uh, really, really does, um, make good on, on, on that promise because, uh, quickly after, after getting to the game and exploring, uh, you do start getting the sense of that you're, you're in this real place. Um, the way the visuals and, and particularly the audio design works, mm -hmm. it, it really does a good job of making you feel like, like, like everything around you is tactile and real. And, and depending on where you go, whether it be a small hallway, a larger, you know, room within the space station, or even at one point, you know, during the, the brief time I spent with the game, you know, being going outside of the space station and being in outer space, um, all of those things had, uh, you know, the sound design was key in, in kind of making you feel all of those things rather than just uh, simply being told them. And then, and, and really like the, the, the sound design um, from just the way the, the audio works to the, 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 the score in the background to like distortion when you're out in space, like all of it just really made you feel like you were actually really there. Gotcha. And, uh, and, and, and the other thing that, that, that I thought was particularly cool was how they deal with locomotion because, uh, you know, we all know that that's kind of often a, a big, a big hurdle. It's a hot topic. Let's just yeah. Especially in like, in making these kind of more open worldish type environments where you can, you know, traverse long distances. How are you going to do that? And how are you going to make it not only be comfortable, but, you know, feel realistic and not break any kind of sense of of where you are and and really their solution is kind is is one of the best ones i've i've seen because it 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 includes more than one uh way of moving into one kind of basic like it it gives you multiple tools at once in order to make everything just work and and let me elaborate on that a little bit so the the first way that you can get around because it is a zero g environment is like like we've seen in games like Lone Echo and some some others though they've they've been working on this for quite a while so it's, that's not to diminish you know the work they're doing in any in any way um, you can you can push push off of the environment like push off of off of a surface and 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 move that way using momentum so that's one way of moving. The other way of moving is you can use a magnet gun and basically it's uh, I'm trying to think it's like a magnet tether gun more or less. I don't know if that's exactly what they call it, but off the top of my head, um, but essentially you're shooting basically a metal tether that latches onto uh, a surface and then pulls you towards that surface. And, and at least at the beginning, you know, that can be slow Um but but later on in the game, I think there are going to be different ways that you can speed up the process of kind of pr propelling yourself forward mm -hmm. and pulling different objects. So like what I noticed, what's so cool about using both of these techniques, like you see games that give you different options, right? Like there's a lot of games out there that you can go into a menu and decide whether you want full locomotion moving a joystick or you want teleportation. But you know, it's kind of hard to, to use both. Um, in this game, 
first of all, there's none of the options are, are, you know, take you out of the experience. They're, they're all realistic given the context of where, where you are, but then more importantly, uh, there's no disconnect in terms of like having the fight menu systems in order to go from one to the other. Literally, you can have the, the, the magnetic tether gun in one hand and you can have your other hand free and you can be pushing off of objects to push you in one direction. And then when you're moving in space, if you need to kind of get a quick redirect, you can shoot out your tether and pull you in a different direction as well. And so I, I noticed when I was playing you know, it was kind of the perfect balance because there would be some times where, oh, I don't want to use a tether here. It would feel awkward. And all of a sudden, I'm naturally just switching to pushing off of things and back and forth and back and forth. And and just, yeah, using both of those in tandem to get to move around the environment was just, it, it felt like like that's how it should work. Mm-hmm. And I, I never felt like, like sometimes when I'm, when I'm using... Uh, most of the time, honestly, for, for me personally, um, using a joystick to move around an environment uh, with normal, like full locomotion, you know, is a little bit immersion breaking in the sense that I can tell that, you know, I'm not in real life. You don't move around an environment by moving a stick. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> nor but, teleporting. But, yeah. Nor teleporting. Yeah. Exactly. But in, but in this world, you know, being in a space station or in this environment, I should say, um, it, it felt like everything was, was, was the way you would be doing it within that context. So I, I just, yeah, it, it really like it, because the movement system worked so well and because it did, did it in a way that, that, you know, that was so credible, um, given the context of the environment and everything, um, I really felt like, like, like I was in that place and I, and I, and I, and anytime you play a game where you get that true sense of presence, where you feel like you've been taken out of your living room and into a new world, like those are the best kinds of experiences. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't want to get into any more. I mean, it's, uh, it, it was, it was a lot of fun and I wish I, I, I had the recording to kind of back me up on that, but we'll be in touch with those guys. And, and like I said, we'll, we'll try to get something recorded here sooner rather than later to, gotcha. to, kind of, no. to let them tell their story more. Sounds good, man. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I will uh, look for the prologue and make sure I check that out and see if I can link it up in soon. But um, okay. yeah, man, this is, uh, this is exciting. I'm uh, seeing your updates every day has been a lot of fun. So living vicariously through you, hopefully the listeners <laughs> are too. Um, but yeah, man, just keep, uh, keep, soaking it all in and uh we'll check in with you in a couple days uh and yeah go from there okay sounds great so all right we'll uh we'll keep everybody updated and until then uh yeah all, all right. the best all right take care man talk soon Bye.